when do you know it's time to leave a job? And maybe instead of trying to answer it, it's like, what are the options available to you to consider when you are trying to make this decision for yourself? I'm Margaret Kelsey. And I'm Devin Bramhill. And this is Don't Say Content. And shout out to our producers at Share Your Genius. They're great at creating shows with strategic outcomes in mind. They've been with us since the podcast was just an idea, and they helped us bring it to life from strategy all the way to execution. And we absolutely love partnering with them. So if you, dear listeners, are thinking of launching a podcast, which you definitely should, by the way, we recommend having a conversation with our favorite people over at Share Your Genius. Now let's get into it. The episode today is about when to leave your job. This is really complicated, actually. We had a listener share this idea with us. And I've been thinking about it a lot ever since, especially because we've talked about this topic from both sides already, but yeah. not succinctly about this question. It's complicated. And I think for me, it's complicated because of who the talent pool is right now. What I saw of the current talent pool, what I see through the clients I'm working with, and this kind of behavior that I find inappropriate and involves a lot of like not taking responsibility for your own self which is something I don't love. But then like, also there are still people out there who are not doing their job as leaders to support their teams and are doing harm, like actual bad behavior. Well, I think it's also interesting to zoom out into the macro too. And we can explore all of these different areas. But I think if you zoom out to the macro, the fact that the system rewards people for leaving jobs and and company hopping is really interesting, right? Like it, you get a bigger bump when you leave a job and go to a new company than you do within rising through the company. And so the fact that the system itself rewards this behavior is an interesting thing to think about because part of anyone's decision-making framework to leave a job or stay, there is probably an aspect of finance involved with it. It's not everything probably to most people, but it is something. Yeah. And it's sort of like, are you going for short-term gain over long-term? So it, it's hard because the fundamental challenges is like to come up with a plan, a strategic plan requires you knowing the general direction you would like to go in. Yeah. And I don't think everybody does at the time. And so therefore they can go for short-term gains, either in title or comp, or even if the company's bigger, but the job itself might not be right, et cetera. And I will say my strategy was when I was coming up was get those title bumps and never go back in salary. It was like, try never to go lateral, although I did once. And so there's always a bump. There's always a bump. And yeah. up my title. And then once you kind of figure out a direction you like, try to stay somewhere for a while because that's when you'll get really good. Yeah. Like I was okay when I skipped around. I became great when I started staying. Like once I was at Help Scout, that was a company where I was prepared to stay. And then animals, same thing. I was like, you know, I was perpetually being challenged and I had more say over the work I took over so I could continue being challenged. Basically, I was allowed to take whatever I wanted and I loved that. It's almost like, you know, yeah, try to get bored as quickly as possible in your jobs early. Yeah. And then skip to the next one and make sure you benefit from it 
in title and salary or at least one and never go backwards. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And it's funny because I never cared about title. I'm like, you can call me whatever you want as long as you pay me. And so for me, it was always that I would I would prioritize salary over title any day of the week. That being said, I never really had to make that call of a lateral or a, a backwards move in terms of title. Um, and specifically, once I got to open view, they rewarded me very frequently with title changes, which felt really great. But I think that it that even depends on the person, right? Of what do you care about? Do you want to get paid or do you want the title and the prestige? And based on your own circumstances, you might feel differently. The funniest thing is that I never cared about title. And so for me in my own decision-making framework of leaving a job and going to a new one, um, I was totally fine with lateral title changes. I would like cared about getting paid, right? I feel like based on people's circumstances and what's important to them, like that can completely change. I think that's probably why it was hard for me at least to center around what I believed, you know? Yeah. When do you know it's time to leave a job? And the questions that we try to answer come down to the same thing, which is, there isn't an answer. Yeah. And maybe instead of trying to answer it, it's like, what are the options available to you to consider when you are trying to make this decision for yourself? Yeah. Well, you know what? I I had a question. Did you feel like your decisions and the things that were important to you changed over time? Like when you were an individual contributor and early in your career, was it different reasons why you would leave a job versus when you were an executive? No. So oddly, no, same old shit, huh? <laughs> so first of all, I left Springpad for Shareaholic because I got an offer to be a manager and no one knew I wasn't qualified for it or they didn't care because as much as I was being used for diversity hiring, I chose to benefit from that by getting a title that I wanted. And Springpad, the outgoing CEO, Jeff, set me up for the career move I wanted. The incoming CEO, Jacqueline, who I credit with literally starting my marketing career. Like she launched me. I would not be CEO today if it weren't for her. She was the first gatekeeper and she supported me throughout. So that job I left just opportunistically. And then I left that job because of the poor way the company was being managed. And then I went to another company where I should have quit a lot sooner because it was being poorly managed, but I let myself get fired instead. And I wish I hadn't, but I don't care that I was fired. I actually think it's yeah. great because now I'm not afraid of it anymore. And then, so like I was fired twice. We have to remember that. So I didn't always have a choice. <laughs> I do love that factoid about you. It's great. I People are like so – they're like, oh, fire. And I'm like, no one cares, basically. No one cares. No one cares unless you did something horrible, right? And it's like yeah. that was never the case. So what about you? Yeah, I think early in my career it was about feeling like I should be advancing quicker or I'm ready for a position that maybe the company didn't either need or feel like I was ready for. And then later on in my career, it tended to be about value alignment tended to be like, is this is this job, is this set of hours during the day aligned to how I feel that I want to run my life? And to be fair, it was never so egregiously different that I 
was concerned. There was nothing unmoral or unethical going along. It was just different values that were being prioritized within organizations that I was like, I think I'm ready for something more aligned to my values. So for me, it definitely has changed over over time. Yeah. You know, people, there are some people who always date, quote unquote, like the wrong person. They always date yeah. someone toxic. I feel like I, I ended up consistently going into jobs where they were like unhealthy, like quite literally unhealthy and abusive, like verbally abusive. But I, I have a different perspective on that now because I think yeah. it's like, you know, what my mom always says, what you go after eludes you, what you become, you attract. I wanted to make a difference. I had big ambitions and aspirations, even if I didn't know exactly what they led to in terms of like my career. I didn't always want to be a CEO. You know, I wanted to be the CEO of animals. Yeah. And so I think that in that ambition, that sort of blind, naive ambition and like wanting to do something big, wanting to make big impact, I naturally, without realizing it, chose places that needed a lot of help. To me, that was like a challenge, even if I didn't recognize how deep that dysfunction went. And so uh, now I would say, I think it's like, this is what I ask, particularly actually that I ask this the most from the agency owners that I coach. What do you want from yeah. your life? Yeah. That's like the one time when like you have a little bit of choice. I'm like, you own this company. Congratulations. You started a thing that to some varying degree can support you. What do you want from running this company? How much time do you want to devote to doing that? Yeah. How much money would make you feel comfortable? And how long do you want to be doing it for? And if you can answer even some of those questions, that is when I go into the business strategy of growing the company. I'm like, all their questions go back to that one thing. And I think that's what I would say to folks in their careers is, you know, a friend of mine, they are a consultant and they were thinking about the next generation of their consulting and they were speaking about what they wanted to manifest. Hmm. Said, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now and here are the things I like and didn't like and, and here are the things I want to manifest from my consulting in 2024. And I think that would be a great way. If you are at a job and you want to leave or you're not sure, ask yourself, what do I want? Yeah. Spend time answering that to as specifically as possible. And then look at it like data is most of what I want from a career. Like, so you're like your whole list of like what you want as a person in your life and how you want to feel yeah. every day, et cetera. You look at a job and you're like, does this fulfill the job parts and does this negatively impact the life parts and how much? Yeah. And if it's a little and you can accept it, you can just, you decide to accept it. Great. Almost go into it more mathematically because I think what I see a lot of folks do who are earlier in their career, they don't know what they want. And so all they yeah. do is complain about what is. And I'm like, okay, but if you can't articulate what you want, you're going to be in the same place no matter what. And every single company you ever work for will be broken. Yeah. They in various be. ways. <laughs> in some ways that are acceptable and some ways that aren't. <laughs> yep. And yeah. people are going to make mistakes and they're going to let you down. There are leaders I work, I have worked for who I was very, I've been very mad at before. I used to be mad at Sunit. I said, you know, I was mad at you for a long time. Yeah. And he said, I know. And I was like, now I realize like that wasn't about you. And so 
your leader, that your favorite people are going to let you down. And I think it's just more about looking at what it is you want, what are your boundaries in your job, and trying that first. Like, what if you started by identifying what you want and the boundaries you have and go at it in like a nice way? Yeah. Give people a chance first. Yeah. I think going back to that idea of like every company is broken in its own way and whether or not like it's a challenge that you want to help fix or it's something that you're able to accept or it's unacceptable to you is really interesting. My mom always said that. She always said that like no institution is infallible because human beings, it's all made up of human beings and human beings are supremely fallible. You can't ever have too much of a rosy glow on any group of human beings because human beings will continue to be human beings, right? Or just those the human beings that you align to that uh, operate within the same shared decision-making framework, shared values? Are they working on something that's still interesting to you despite all of the fallibility that will inevitably exist within the organization? Yeah. I think you asked a question earlier about did the did my reason for leaving change over time? And I realized that as a leader in any kind of leadership role where I was responsible for other people, yeah. Values were more important because yeah. I have taken the fall for things before and when I was earlier in my career, when I was trying to make it, and it's not that they were a big deal, I decided one day that I wasn't going to donate my reputation to a company or a leader whose values I didn't believe in. And it didn't mean that I would quit even immediately. If I could just do my job and my values weren't impacted, yeah. I could create an ecosystem and I wanted to be there fine. Although inevitably, if you're not values aligned, you end up going anyway. I, in most, yeah. I think a lot. That's what I get asked about a lot when I left animals is I was like, you know, everyone's like, why'd you go? And it's, it's funny because it was so simple. It was one thing. And Walter wanted me to do something that I was against my values. Yeah. It wasn't the what, it was the how. And I was like, no. Because you you haven't shown me the benefits of doing this. You just want me to do it because you're making me do it. You're literally saying we are going to do this. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, right? And it's like it doesn't – it didn't serve me at all. It literally would have compromised my reputation. For yeah. what? Some guy? Like literally some yeah. brand? Like what are you doing? What, like what, what, Were we saying this last, last week where like everything is made up? Everything's Everything's made made up. up. So like, if that's true, then like you might as well at least feel good about what you're doing. And if you feel bad about what you're doing and you're not being a petulant little shit, like you've actually tried communicating in healthy ways where you listen back and actually take responsibility for your behavior, like, and it's still bad or you're being like verbally abused and you're not also verbally abusing, (laughs) take stock. And if that's the case, go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I think all of that is really interesting. I think the other thing is that an organization's values, especially a high growth organization, will change over time. And it could be that when you first joined the organization, you felt like it was value aligned and then something shifted underneath you at some point and you realize one day that you're actually working at an organization. And again, they can be huge misalignments, but they could also just be like, there's an organization that values leaders to be 
really closed off and have like a very united front and be all buttoned up and like really heavy corporate comms. And you want to be a leader that's a little bit more open and sharing than what the organization wants you to be. Like, it doesn't have to be these huge egregious value misalignments while they can certainly be. It could just be like little things like that where you're like, I can't show up every day and be different than who I am as a person. And this is something that is so core to me that I don't want to change it, right? And I think about that a lot. And I actually was talking to a head of marketing that I'm advising who is stepping into much more of a leadership role. And my advice on being a leader was like, listen, we will need new leaders in the future than ones that have existed in the past. And so you can read all those leadership books. You can take them as inspiration or take them as nuggets, And you will be a mirror, like your team will be a mirror to you on what you're doing and what your personality traits are. There are going to be things that you don't want to change about yourself and you're going to have to find new people to manage and to lead if it's such such a rub that it's not going to work. But at the same time, there are going to be other things that you realize, oh, shit, I never even realized that I was like that. That will be a mirror for you to then change and grow as a person. But like you can feel okay about both of those things that like there are some pieces of you that you will want to hold on to and you can be a leader with those pieces still intact. And there'll be other pieces that you're less precious about that you're going to be like, oh, shit, of course I can change that for you. Yeah. Because even as we're talking, I realize that there's so much nuance to even the things that we're saying where we know what we're saying because of the experiences that we've had. But if you haven't had all of those experiences, you could interpret what we're saying in a different way, in a much more extreme way, and fall on your face. And I think that's what's really complicated about this is like, you and I have the benefit of a certain amount of perspective, quite a lot, I would say. For me, at least, it's calmed down parts of me and helped me see the the compromise inherent in the workplace. And I certainly experienced that a lot as CEO, right? Like it's all compromise back and forth. Yeah. And what it comes down to for me is strategy. It's like if you can look at your career strategically, even as it relates to your how you want to feel. Yeah. And so look at it strategically and if you can find a way to disassociate from your emotions and step back and say, like, what if I, you know, what if I went all the way up to the balcony and looked down and took stock from that perspective? It's the only blanket piece of advice that I feel could be useful because, you know, I have had a very strong reaction to something today. Yeah. And my first impulse was to scream it from the rooftops. I know now that that will not have the impact that I would actually like to make. It doesn't, it wouldn't actually help. And so my first reaction when I have a reaction is to have conversations Mm -hmm. and to wait. And I didn't do that always before. I was much more knee-jerk reaction. And I don't think those situations have ever served me particularly well. I think that's great advice. And I think that that's something that is so difficult to do because you use your emotions in the visioning place of how do I want to feel? And then you have to leave those emotions away. And then you have to unemotionally take stock of, is this the job that is going to get me there? Or is this the job that actually provides that life for me? And if not, 
then you have to, again, keep your emotions at bay and say, well, then I need to make a decision because I'm probably the only one that will change in this circumstance. It's hard to change an entire organization, right? There are certain things you can do. There are certain boundaries you can put in place. There are certain conversations to have had. But if you've done all those things, then again, you have to look at it from the big, big picture, which is I do have agency. I do have control. And I'm able to find a thing that will actually get me to my desired state of life. Oh, my gosh. I, yes, I feel that so much. And also, I want everyone to know that leaders feel helpless too. Like that <laughs> yeah. feeling of helplessness is it, and I'm not trying to like yeah. be like, oh, we're like, you know, the privileged people or people too or whatever. But A, being a leader doesn't necessarily you're in a, in, mean you're in a place of privilege. It just means you are able to get somewhere for some reason. Yeah some of which are fair and I'm sure some of which are not. But we all feel helpless as people. It's not that you alone are being a tar targeted by life or by, you know, anyone. Like the leader that's shitty to you has been shitty to everyone before, except I'm sure there's always some privileged people that they're not mean to and it's infuriating. But And that they probably have learned that behavior from people being really shitty to them. <laughs> Hurt people, hurt people, Devin. Hurt people, hurt people. If I could go back in time and think about my career from the beginning from a different perspective, yeah. I would try I would see every obstacle as a lesson and try to work that lesson to my advantage. And I had this experience recently where I was working with other people and I was feeling a, a complicated situation in which I was going to be sort of put in a position to do work that wasn't mine, but I felt responsible because of the other people that were in that group that I care about. And I got really mad even during inbound. Like there was a few situations in a row where I felt that unfairness and I was like, nothing's changed and blah, blah, blah. Right. I was being very emotional in my mind. And then I was walking my dog and I was like, what if this is just the, the V2 challenge? Like this is the CEO V2 where I'm giving an op I'm given an opportunity to continue growing in ways that I didn't get to tackle before or that I missed in my first go at it. And when I thought about it like that, I felt a ton of agency and power and I knew exactly what to do to work through a situation that wouldn't mean breaking it completely apart. It was just, it almost made it really simple. Yeah. And I started to feel really like in my power and calm and curious and yeah. I wish I could have told myself that. Like it's such a good mindset shift to look at problems and obstacles in your life as what is this teaching me, especially relationships, right? I feel like there's mm -hmm. something like I'm not actually in an everything happens for a reason type of person. But I do think that you can find things to work on about yourself in pretty much everything that happens. And so it's not like I don't really think that bad things happen for a reason. But I do think that human beings can find ways to grow and get better with anything that happens. And so that to me is, I totally agree with you. I think in, in the job world, in the work relationships, in like peer-to-peer -peer relationships and romantic relationships, it's all that. You can look at it as like, what does this say about me? And how have I 
also created this environment or been in this place because, you know, you took the job offer and you worked at that company and you haven't quit yet. And this, again, it doesn't mean to victim blame, but there's a place in which we all are a part of our own circumstances. We can't divorce ourselves from our circumstances. Yeah. And just pointing fingers Make sure everyone stays exactly where they are in terms yeah. of their own personal understanding and growth. And it does nothing. There are so many micro cho- choices you have in a day, yeah. including the choice to believe that you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the future. You know, making decisions before you've taken action because you've decided to believe that, you know, if I do this, I'll get fired. Will you? You know, if you're talking about something reasonable, like I'm having trouble with my boss in this way and it's really hard for me, I want to talk to him about it, but I want, but I might get fired. I'm worried I'll get fired. Or like, I want to push back on this thing and I can't because I'm going to get fired. I'm like, oftentimes at work, the what is like 5%. Yeah. The how. The how. Like a really good idea can be equally a bad idea. Yeah. If you do it wrong. That's where I'm like there's so many lessons. For people who want to reflect, you end up learning them as you grow. So like I've learned some things about my behaviors early on where I kind of cringe now and I thought I was really justified before. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny that this is I feel like this is going from like leaving your job to like self-limiting beliefs. <laughs> there's I mean but you I hear a- it so much. And I have a story about that. I almost didn't take the job at OpenView because I was pregnant at the time. I was at AppQs and I was pregnant. And I got reached out to by this woman, Bailey, who I was mentoring at the time, who was at OpenView. And she was like, hey, we're looking for a new head of marketing and we'd love to talk to you. And I think she knew I was pregnant or I, I think maybe I shared in that outreach like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. And I was thinking like, I'm pregnant. I could never take that job and I can't switch when I'm like six months pregnant. And she was like, no, no, we still want to talk to you. It actually, OpenView is very good at hiring pregnant women. <laughs> there was a bunch. That was a string of, that was not a, an outlier. It was, um, I think we were joking that it's a really great recruiting strategy. You can get somebody like really badass <laughs> through the door. And yeah, and they were like, no, I still want to have a conversation with you. And I went home and I said, I'm not going to take the call or I'm not going to have the conversation and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm such an idiot. You know what I mean? It was one of those things of like self, like complete self-limiting belief. Like why not take an amazing opportunity? And I was just worried. I just was like, oh, you know, pregnant women can't change jobs. I'm not going to interview like super visibly pregnant. I was like, yeah. Why not? I have been in some way unqualified for every job I've ever gotten. And that has been true for most of the people I've promoted to Mm. and hired, right? It's like you hire them because of a talent that they have, a willingness to grow. And when I told Walter I wanted to be CEO, like I didn't even know what I was saying. Like I, I knew that's what I wanted, but I didn't know what it meant to be a CEO. Turns out that none of them do anyway, even if they go to business school, because apparently business school does absolutely nothing to prepare you for business or No, it's just great networking with parties of people that are going to be in great jobs later on that you can then know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's business school. (laughs) Yeah. We've talked about this before. Bravery isn't doing something that you know you can do and feel good about. 
Yeah. Bravery is like wanting to run in the other direction, but then going and doing this hard thing anyway yeah. without knowing whether or not you'll succeed. And I think that has been the theme of my career and the choices I made to stay or go. When I had a choice to go, because again, I was fired twice. I feel like I want to make you a t-shirt that says, I'm Devin and I was fired twice. <laughs> and now, I mean, I'm seeing this too. Like, it is so intertwined. Like with, if you have self-limiting beliefs, you will never know whether or not to stay or to go, right? Or you'll never even think about the option or to leave and, and you won't feel strong enough to do it. Like I think about my transition from working full-time to having my own business. And it's like, I made a really tough call and every aspect of my working life got better. Like literally every aspect. And I think so much of the time we think about decisions as having trade-offs, right? We just always think about what are, what are the trade-offs and like, oh, if I take this job, maybe I'm not going to get the same thing or I'm not going to get that same thing. And this piece that I really loved is going to disappear. And I think that's the thing to examine too, where it's like, what if you make a decision and every bit gets better? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can we also just like stop treating job decisions as like life or death. I know, but it's up there as one of the stressors, like getting laid off or fired or changing jobs is up there with like moving, divorce, death of a loved one. Like it's up there with the top stressors in terms of Do you like, want to know what else is up there? A fear of public speaking. So like on the scale of like actual threats to our lives. Also, like, that's scary as shit. <laughs> I know you like, do it all the time. Easy peasy. No, it's not easy. I get fucking scared every time. I get I have like meltdowns. It's it's not Jay and I talked about that. I asked him at email. I said, "What do you do before your talk?" She's like, "Oh, I shut myself in a dark hole in my room and don't come out. Like I just sit there and practice." First of all, when you when you sit around and seek permission or seek certainty or seek a good, warm, fuzzy feeling before you make a decision, your life's not going to be that much fun. You're not actually going to go that many places. So, like, Control first, is an illusion. Yeah. Everything in the whole world is fake. So just like including the <laughs> clock on your wall and how the fact that time is linear. So like everyone just <laughs> get comfy with the fact that your career is going to include a lot of uncomfortable things and that's good. So yeah. you might as well start now so that more less things feel uncomfortable. Like the number of things that make me feel uncomfortable at work are low now because I have chosen to be uncomfortable in every single job I've been in. I always yeah. go for a job that is hard for me, right? In some way or another. Stop asking permission. Stop trying to get validation or an answer. Here's the thing. This is the thing. At the end of the day, you are all you've got. And I mean this in a non-nihilistic way. This isn't to say that you don't have community and support and all of that stuff. Everything starts and ends with you. And so if you can center around your own belief system, your own desires, and make decisions from that place, yeah. then things will happen. Yeah. Sometimes things will happen that are great. Sometimes things will happen that feel real bad. And you're like, whoops. You feel, a, you feel a whoopsie, and sometimes it'll be a mix. Most of the time, it's a mix. It's hardly ever that you make a single decision and, like, your entire world collapses. Usually, that's the stuff that happens at you, to be quite honest. So yeah. 
I think it's like, or you make a bunch of decisions and then your world collapses (laughs) more than one. Yeah. So it's just Um, like, make a decision, just make a decision, do it, learn from it, move on. Yeah. I think too, that what I found is that I can weather tough stuff if I know that I've made the decision aligned with my values And it's the stuff that really rocks me and thrashes me and feels really big and too scary and too uncomfortable is usually the stuff that is like if I really think about it and look at it in my life has been stuff that I either made a decision without examining how my values interacted with it or I guess something happened to me and I didn't react in a way that I felt good about. I feel like you can weather the storm more when you have that sense of self to say like, yes, I you know, I'm going through this hard thing, but at least I'm doing it in a way that I feel really comfortable with. I left my job without a plan. And I have been calm ever since. Like, Isn't that scary? Like you didn't have a job lined up. You didn't know what you're going to do. I was like, no. And I didn't have, like, I had my own personal nest egg that I had saved up, but like, I didn't walk away with anything. Many would find fear in that situation, including myself earlier in my career. Yeah. But I wasn't because of exactly what you just said. I made a choice to follow my values. And thus, the unknown felt more manageable than staying somewhere. I actually, like, I had gotten advice on that too. And that now this is advice that I pass along to people when they're asking me whether or not they should stay or go is that you can operate outside of your values for a period of time, right? Like it is, it's doable to do, but what you'll start to see is that emotional burnout, right? Like the lack of emotional ROI, you'll start to feel burnt out with what, however much work you're doing, none of it will feel good to you. And you're going to start to bring that home and into your personal life and into your relationships. And you're going to start to feel that even in your body. And so the advice that I got was like, oh, you can do it for however long you want, but it's going to have physical and emotional and mental effects on you to the various degrees like of how much outside of your value framework you're operating to, right? And so I think that that's really interesting because it's like, oh, you can do it, there, but there's ramifications of doing it, right? And, and thinking that you could do it without any sort of personal and emotional and physical ramifications is putting your, your head in the sand. Yeah. There's a thing kind of nagging at me throughout this whole conversation, which is if you have a choice, that is a great fortune. Yeah. I think one of the things that gives me such a negative reaction to some of the sort of anger that people feel about having to work, I'm like, you have a choice. You have the ability to choose to leave or choose to go. It may not be the perfect situation to make a choice. You may have to still make sacrifices. It may not be, it may be hard or whatever, but like you can do it and you will have options. Yeah. And when I see people deciding they don't have options, when it is very clear circumstantially that like they're their own limiter and not the world. And there are a lot of people for a whole bunch of unfair reasons, don't have choice. And it's something I think about a lot with myself is just the fact that I could leave my job without a plan. 
And I set myself up so that if, you know, I had a little time, a little time, I gave myself some choice and then I had some privilege. Yeah. And I know that. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't feel lucky for the past year and what has happened. And the fact that both through the choices I made, the investments I made in my community and how much that has paid off without me even having to ask, that feels so good. Yeah, I felt it when we were at Inbound. The number of people who have just offered their help throughout this and actually given it to me, that feels really good. And I think that's probably why I just feel like saying that out loud. We're lucky to have choice. And it doesn't mean that you know, you can't feel bad, but I like to remember that sometimes because I have been really lucky as much as I've had bad things happen in my career. Yeah. That idea of community is so real throughout your career because especially, especially if you've done good work and have shown up and have been both talented, but also had had, have had a hard work ethic, that is known. And so when you do make tough calls and tough decisions and you leave maybe without a plan or maybe try to form a plan before you leave, like also don't recommend leaving without yeah, a plan. Yeah, don't do my idea. <laughs> you were like looking at my homework <laughs> on a first call. We're like, I'm leaving. You're like, I'm leaving. I'm like, I have this big plan. You're like, can I see your plan? <laughs> yeah. That's, that is actually what I did. <laughs> but I also advocate um, for doing that. That is actually a really smart thing to do. Figure out what other people have figured out. <laughs> Who you trust yeah. and you know are smart. Well, that's and- how I that's how I made my plan was I talked to everyone that was already doing it and I just did like a listening tour. Um, but again, what the, the thing I want to go back to is especially if you even had one job in tech, right? If you're going to think about your second job, if you're super early, there's probably people at your company that now have gone to other places. And if you've done a good job, whether you have natural born talent or you just, you know, work at it. <laughs> or some combination of the two, like that reputation and community is something that I think a lot of people discount or, or don't give it the credibility that it is. That early bit can be really helpful too. Yeah. You can make your own opportunity or you can at least try. Like the first job I ever wanted when I was in college was, it was this company called Boston Event Guide and they were doing all these like events and fashion. And I thought I wanted to get into fashion So I went out, I wrote three articles. One of them was on how hats were coming back. And I literally like, without working anywhere, like interviewed these haberdasheries and like, you know, put this whole thing together, did the research and was like, hi, I want to do fashion writing for you. (laughs) Yeah. And they gave me a job and I got to style fashion shows and meet all these cool people, which led to this, one of the worst jobs I've ever had, but thought I wanted at the time at a fashion boutique, et cetera. And like, you know, and so I didn't wait for an opportunity. I was like, can I make one? It keeps coming back to your mom's quote of what you go after eludes you and what you become, you attract and you just became a journalist, right? Yeah. You were just like, I am a journalist. I write articles. here, look at them, right? And I think that's a really, it's really fun that it always comes back to that because I feel that way too about about when I left and started this advising business as I just had to start calling myself a marketing advisor. And I feel that way about my art too, where I just have to be like, no, I'm an artist as well. 
And for the longest time, it was so weird to say. And then I was like, oh, I make art. That's like the literal definition of an artist. Yeah. Do you make art? Yes, then you are an artist, right? Yes. Like, do you advise on marketing? You are a marketing advisor. And I feel like by stepping into those things, and even now I think about less so about the marketing advisor thing, I feel like I'm really good at bossing people around. So that feels mm-hmm. less like I needed to step into that. But I do with with my art, I have to think about like, what would an artist do today? right? Yeah. She'd probably sit down and do some fucking art. <laughs> she probably wouldn't just like scroll into her phone and look at all the things she's created in the past. She'd probably create something today, right? She'd probably just explore yeah. and experiment and whatnot. And so that piece of what you become, you attract, I think is just like you have to do the behavior. And I think demystifying the fact that like, if especially in a career shift, it's just like literally the same level of intelligence of people across the board doing all of these different careers. <laughs> You know what I mean? No one knows what they're doing anywhere, especially people who run companies. I think that was the biggest thing when you start to realize like that your peers went through medical school and now are doctors. And you're like, I have seen you like throw up after doing a keg stand and now you are like operating on people. I I mean, like that's an interesting mental shift. But I think about that and obviously not like the really trained professions, but just like anything. Like if you're a marketer and you want to get into UX design, it's just people like you using their brain to think about user experience, right? It's like not some big mystified thing. Did I tell you about this wonderful woman that I sat next to at Inbound where I convinced her to quit her job? <gasps> no, I don't know where you were. You were doing something at Inbound and I went to go grab my lunch and I went to go find somebody that looked the nicest to sit next to at the lunch table so I could be friends with somebody. And so I found this this woman and she looked really nice and she's very stylish. And so I sat across from her and she was talking about how she was going to get her MBA Um, She wasn't working in marketing at the moment, but she wants to get a job in marketing. And right now she's working and doing part-time MBA, but she was considering going full-time for MBA and quitting her job. And by the end of the conversation, she was like, I think I'm putting in my resignation today. And sure enough, she linked and DM'd me later on in the week. (laughs) It's like... I've already resi- like I've already put in my two week resignation letter, and I've uh, contacted the school. She's going to Wharton. She's going to be great. Um, oh yeah, and she's, she's and she was like, "Yep, I'm." I already reached out to the school and put in my like submission to go full time now. So don't come wow. to me if you don't want me to nudge you off the cliff. <laughs> so many people I talk to are just waiting for permission to do something that they know that they should do. And I do feel like there's some piece of me where hopefully the other person still takes accountability for their own decisions. But like, I will give you permission to think about the possibility of doing the thing that you really want to do. And maybe it's this, right? I think the older you get, the like the more you've done in your career, the more confident you do become in your own decisions. You ask for permission less and less. But I would say like, when you ask for advice from people, it's just to get more perspective and information to help you consider what you would like to do. Yeah. No one's experience is yours. Everyone's advice is is inherently biased, which we all know. What if you looked at it as, I just need more information and more perspectives so that I can consider what I would like to do next. And only ask people that you admire the aspect of their life that you're trying to ask about advice from, right? 
Like if you don't think that somebody has a good relationship with their partner, don't ask for relationship advice. You may like that person for other reasons. They may be really good at giving yeah. business advice, but you're like, and when it comes yeah. to that, probably I'm going to consider that with a big grain of salt, right? Right. The one thing I will say is that I don't regret a single decision I made in my career, regardless of how it turned out, because I know why I made the choice each time. And it had to do with me. I was doing it for a reason that was for me, not for anybody else or not because anyone else told me to. And so I can look back on even the things that didn't go the way I thought they would and feel that responsibility, which yeah. doesn't make me feel bad myself. Yeah, empowered. Right? That's awesome. And how cool is that? Yeah, you know? that's what we all want. Okay, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week. And just remember, you're doing great. You're doing great. 30% of you are doing great. The rest, you got to get your shit together. Come on. You know, you know which side you're on this week. You know. (laughs) You know. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Everyone should quit their jobs. (laughs) Or everyone should stay. Or. Or.